0: Hello there, and welcome to the Michael Calderon Show. We're so glad you could join us. It is Friday, November 1st, and uh, if you're on the Eastern Time Zone, it is 1 p.m., and we're so glad you could join us today. Uh, We also have uh, my co-host, Vanessa. Vanessa, how are you today? Well, Vanessa will be with us momentarily, uh, so we uh, we will be getting her on momentarily. Uh, so let me tell you about today's special guest uh, guests, I should say plural. Uh, we have singer songwriter Danielle Morgan and John Marigan. Uh They have previously been on the show, and um, they're coming back uh, by popular demand. I know a lot of you. Uh, we've gotten a lot of uh, a lot of messages. Uh, from you wanting to know the status uh, on it uh, on their career rather and their recordings and they recently uh, within the past several months also signed with RL Recordings uh, which also has um, has offices here in the United States so um, we definitely definitely want to hear about uh, how their career has grown and uh and what they're doing we're going to also talk about the music score that they did for a new movie that was done in the uk and it's love in the harbor so we have that for you today as well so we've got uh, we've got quite a packed show i do want to uh to give a few shout outs um and again to those listening in the uk it is 5 p.m your time and, and if you're listening on the Eastern Time Zone, again, it's 1 p.m. And if you miss a previous show, you can always go to our website, um, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael show. And you can listen to previous shows. So there is also, you know, an opportunity, um, uh, you know, for, for you to, to listen to previous shows. Uh, Vanessa, how are you today? Do you hear me? I do now. I do now.
1: Okay. All right, good. No, I think there's a problem with my – I checked the mute button, but it's not working. Sometimes that happens in radio, I guess. Yes,
0: it does. You hiccups like this.
1: As long as you hear me now, that's all that matters.
0: Yes, and and the hiccups always occur within two minutes before starting the show.
1: (laughs) I was logged in about three minutes prior, and I didn't hear anything. That should have been my first red flag, but we're on now. That's all that matters
0: exactly exactly so i I was just given a little background about today's uh, special guests that will be uh, that will be connecting with us uh from the u k um, and i see i see john merrigan is now is now connecting uh him and danielle are connecting so you know they they were previously on the show um i want to say it's about two to three years ago, maybe almost three now and uh, and their career has really has really taken off uh, since the last time they were on the show, um, and they also have done the music for a new, a new movie that's come out, uh, Love in the Harbor, and we're going to be talking about that as well. And I know that many of the listeners that have sent messages asking about, you know, hey, how's how's Danielle and John? Because you know, every several shows I've played one of the songs that I've had of theirs. So, uh, so this is a great opportunity, um, you know, to have them back now to finally give us an update. They've also provided some some new music, because uh, some of the listeners may be tired of of some of the same music I've played. <laughs> so they have provided some new music. Um, so I'm really really excited to uh, to be talking to them, and uh, I do want to give a shout out to uh, to Nina Schifrin, who's also watching. And uh, listening rather, um, she has uh, she has started a new partnership with us over here, and I'll be telling you guys about that as well. But uh, we're happy to uh, to have her on board uh, with us as well. And uh, and a busy weekend coming up, you know, day after Halloween. Uh, how was Halloween for for you and your and your kids, Vanessa? Oh,
1: busy. I'm sure a lot of parents can relate, but yes, it's very busy, uh, tiresome at night. By the end of the night, the kids were easy to go to sleep, so it was, but it was a lot of walking. It was a lot of fun. We saw a lot of different costumes. The Joker was very popular. Thanos was very popular. It was, uh, it was a fun night. Can't complain. How about you? Okay. Did you guys, I know you have your daughter, was
2: it?
0: Yeah, uh, I actually, accessible- actually decided last minute to go down to North Miami to my friend's restaurant, Ricky Thai Bistro. They're in North Miami, off of uh, Northeast 120 I think it's 123rd. Um, the best, the best Thai food in town. So for all our listeners here in South Florida, you want to check out Ricky Thai Bistro. They are the best. Uh, for me, it's always worth the drive and um uh they do they do amazing amazing over there the food is is just excellent exactly. and actually the espresso is really good you can actually get the best espresso in town at Ricky Thai Bistro um because <laughs> I, my friend Julian thai- is Italian
1: i love their thai iced tea too thai thai food is great but the thai iced tea is really awesome
0: absolutely absolutely well let's uh let's connect our special guests, um, John Merrigan and Danielle Morgan. Hello there. How are you guys?
2: Hi, Michael. We're good. How are you?
0: We're doing great. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule on a Friday at 5 o'clock, your time, um, you know, to connect with us. Uh, I really should have checked the date to see when was the last time you were on the show. I don't remember.
2: Um, do you know, I think it wasn't too long after um, when we visited Abbey Road, I think, Michael, to, to be honest. Um, I think it was around about April, May time, um, at least two years ago. You just found
0: it. Yeah, I just found it. It was April 1st,
3: 2017. Oh, there you go. I wasn't too far off.
0: It wasn't too far off, um, and I before you guys connected, I was uh, giving a little bit of background, uh, including you know your, your, one of your newest projects, love in the harbor which uh, which I'm excited about that as well,
4: well thanks very much uh, thanks very much michael we're, we're very excited and delighted to be with you on the show today, and hopefully we'll get a chance to to tell you and the listeners a little bit
0: more. Yeah, wonderful. Well, b- before we continue though, what I'm going to do is I want to I want to play one of the clips that you have sent. Um, so what, which one should we do? How about what about me or or nobody wants to go to war. I you know what? I'm going
2: to leave that in your case of war. They're both very deep songs. Um, maybe the "What About Me" one is a little bit lighter.
0: All right, so so let's okay. let's go let's go to "Nobody Wants to Go to War." We'll have time okay. to play to play "What About Me" as well. But let's oh. let's give the listeners their their first crack at "Nobody Wants to Go to War."
3: But you guys.
0: So, there was definitely a powerful message in that song.
4: Very, very much so, uh, Michael. Uh, that song um, happens in the second half of the, the show. And um, it it's a time when um, one of the lead characters has a quiet moment with a, a trusted confidant and expresses things about his fears. Um, about conflict and, and other emotions, which at the time, for men in that time, in that era of World War and um, they weren't able to express. And in that particular scene, it also explores the whole issue of post-traumatic stress, uh, which, again, at the time, was not a recognised uh, medical condition. And so the song is intended to bring out those emotions and those issues on top of the acting scene and the narration that goes in the scene. And uh, when we've done the show and performed the show, it's one of the most powerful moments uh, in the show.
0: Wow. I can't wait to see it.
2: We, 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 we're, we're so excited, and we, we, we can't quite believe... Um, how you guys and everybody has just been so nice and so honest, and they really seem to like what we've created, um, along with Eddie Alfred, who wrote the wrote the play and got all the historic facts. Um, so yeah, we're, we're we're blessed and we're humbled. And each sort of month that goes by, we turn to each other and say, "How did we get here?" You know, um, but we just keep working hard and keep pushing forward. And we're just really, really happy that, that everybody seems to like it.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, you guys are extremely, extremely talented musicians. So I, I think that, you know, whatever message you guys work on, on getting out there, you're able to do it successfully. And you know, and I know it's a team approach i've I've seen I've seen the videos. I know Vanessa, my co-host, has also seen several of the videos online and YouTube. you know, of the band together and and uh, Eddie Alford, who who wrote "Love in the Harbor." you know, I think it's it's just amazing to see it all coming together. I feel like you know, although I'm here in the u s across the pond, as they say. You know, I've I've had uh, I've had the opportunity through our friendship to to watch to watch it blossom. You know, to to kind of from from the first steps to to kind of seeing it all come together with this production of Love in the Harbor.
4: Absolutely. Uh, it, it's a journey, and I, I don't think we're, I don't think we even know where the next steps of this journey are going to take us, uh, Reverend Michael, because if I can take a moment um, and please stop me if, if, if time is a problem, but if I can take a moment, no problem. Uh, just just to say that, thank you uh, that um, this journey started over two years ago. Um, at a chance meeting uh, when we met the playwright, Eddie Alford. We were in um, Brighton, in the south of England, um, promoting promoting a gig we were doing with the BBC on the radio. And we we were lucky enough to meet Eddie, and we sat down afterwards and had a coffee with him. And he explained he was uh, a playwright and had written uh, these plays and he he asked us to put some music um, to Love in the Harbour. And that took us about uh, 18 months to to write some music because we had to get really deep into the characters and understand the play and understand the main messages of the play. So in the end, what we've written, we've written about 15 pieces of music um, for the play. And also underscore and um, incidental music, um, and uh, when we went out first and and did the music along with the play, and um, people really really liked it. But they 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 said to us, we'd like to know more about the historical context of uh, the play, and then secondly, they wanted to uh, hear more music. So what what what? What we did was um, we then went back to the drawing board and said, this show needs another format. So what we've done now in the format, what we have is we have narration, which is a live narrator, um, and then we have uh, pieces of action, of acting from the play, and then we have music, and the music is played with a mini orchestra, so it's strings and uh, and also the band together, which again is a great combination. So uh, in each scene, uh, the audience get the narration, they get the acting, and they get the music. And when we have run this out now in the few performances we've had, uh, we have uh, we have had a, a fantastic. Um, a fantastic response and reaction to it and each piece gives a separate sort of emotion um, that goes on and so what we're now talking about people are asking us if they they, they see a movie in this and they see a radio play and maybe even a musical so uh, because the messages of the play and the messages of the music are timeless even though it's set over a hundred years ago in, in history in Ireland and in France uh, in the front line in World War and um, the messages and the relevance are still a hundred percent even more so perhaps true today. So that's why we're totally immersed in this in addition to our existing music and uh, we're loving the journey and as I said, uh, and I'm sure uh, Danielle will back me up. We don't really know where this is going to go, but we're we're strapped in and we're enjoying
3: the ride. Hi, John. <laughs> I Hi, love Niall.
1: it. Hey, is- hey. Hey, sorry, I had a bit of an issue with my computer, um, but I'm on now. I you know I'm listening to your career and it's, it's so impressive. I was reading up on your background and I, it's impressive. But you know what does me even more? You guys are doing this also with four kids at all, right? Your kids, are you about to have Yes, have exactly. four. Well, we've got six,
4: actually. We've
3: <laughs> got
1: six kids all, all together. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I only have two, and sometimes I don't have four in a day. How do you manage to have a career, a successful career, growing career, with with so many kids? Well, well the two eldest ones, they're
2: hand doing their own thing with, with their partners. Um, the middle two um, are... Obviously still around, but they're teenagers, so a lot of the time they're doing their own thing because they're older teenagers. So we're really sort of left with the with the younger two, and um, it is difficult because you know we, we we've got every everyone needs us emotionally, sometimes financially, and most of the time um, we we are a taxi service or we're running a hotel with the kids. So um, other than that, we're not really needed. <laughs>
1: Well that's right, that too. I know it's hard from experience. I know it's hard also being with your partner all the time and you guys work and you live together and you raise a family together. What is the secret to having that balance, I mean, in your in marriage?
3: Being in love.
2: Oh, that's is... no, honestly being in love, being really truly in love and, and blessed. You know, John to me he he is a gift. Um, and you know, I think when you're truly in love with somebody and they're your best friend, and they're your soulmate. Everything you do is a partnership, and everything you do is amazing. Um, and you know, like every couple, we have our disagreements, but most of the time, it's it's to do with administration and boring stuff. Um, so so yeah, it, it really is the key. The key is being in love.
1: How did and how did having the kids change your music career? How did that change in your music?
2: The, the kids for us, um, I think, for a long, long time, they always thought we were we were quite cool when they were younger, playing instruments and being in a band. As the children got older, they thought we were uncool, <laughs> um, and I think they still think we we're uncool. But as they're getting a little bit older, they're starting to realise that. Maybe they could actually do this. Maybe they could actually be crazy enough um, to be full-time musicians and do something that other people dream of. So our family support is incredible to us, but um, we've gone through different stages because we've been on this journey so long now that yeah. they've sort of grown up, you know, watching us, thinking, this is, this is cool, you know, when the band come out and we go to shows... Um, And I think they also understand just how much hard work is involved behind the scenes. Um, You know, like you guys, when you do your radio show, it isn't you just come on air and you talk to people. There's so much stuff that people don't see that you prep um, behind the scenes. So I think the kids have understood that the work ethic for us is that it really is a lot of hard work for not much you know, um, limelight, so to speak.
1: Because you guys are an independent, you are not with a label, correct?
4: We we, we are we are independent uh, and we are um, we, we're fully funding everything ourselves. Um, now that that is a double-edged sword because on the one hand it means we own and we create everything and we have complete independence how we how we organise our time and how we produce our music, etc. Which is a gift and um, at the same time it's a challenge because obviously in this world you need a lot of funding um, to uh, to achieve what you need to achieve especially to do it at the right quality so um it, it, it's always going to be um a um a, a balance between those two factors now what we have been lucky with is that we have signed up a distribution deal um in america with uh, a company called RL Records, uh, who are based out of uh, Detroit, and um, they are uh, they are helping us this year um, to try and build up awareness and, and and so on. But it's not a record deal. Uh, there's no money involved. And uh, but at the same time, it's going to give us, we hope, uh, exposure. Um, but also. And it's also uh, what we love is connecting with with people directly and through, you know, these sorts of interviews with Reverend Michael and our friendships. And um, we hope it will just take us all in the right direction. Um, And it's not all about money. And it's it's also about being able to have that creative freedom and excitement. Um, And as long as we can do things to the quality that we want to do, you know, we'll be happy.
1: Okay, and Danielle, you—I was reading a bit about your background. You were a police officer. There's something so
2: different. I was, I was a police officer in central London for quite a while, um, and I—I I joined. Uh, I started music when I was in my teens, um, and I quickly realised that nobody would give me finance or a mortgage um, because it wasn't recognised as a real job. Um, so I decided that I did actually want to raise a family and I did want a pension and I wouldn't have got that as an independent musician. And I wasn't old enough really to have had any kind of life experience. So by being a police officer, that gave me an awful lot of real life experience. Um, You know, I saw lots of things as obviously Reverend Michael has seen um, good and bad. And, and, By doing that, that gave me stability, it let me raise a family, and it gave me sources of stuff that I can write about um, that John and I can then influence our music, and it showed me a side of life emotionally, sympathetically, um, and, yeah, it, it it was a job I absolutely adored and I loved, Um, and you know I only really left because I needed to be you know a a full time mum and I needed to put my kids first right and you
1: guys did you guys meet
2: during how did you guys meet we met overseas Um, John was living in Dubai and I ended up in Dubai Um, and I ended up just by a chance meeting through somebody that I ended up auditioning for for John's band. Um, lucky for me, I that audition.
4: Just about. <laughs> <laughs> there was quite a bit of competition. And
2: then, um, and then so, so they rest this history. And then one day, uh, John said to me, you know, can you play keys? And I was like, not really. And he's like, do you, have you ever written anything? I was like, not really, and then he said, well, can I hear some of the stuff? Um, and bit by bit, I just started showing him a few bits, um, and then he was like, you know, this is quite cool. This is really cool. Um, Can we put it up on SoundCloud? And I was like, no. Um, And then it went from SoundCloud to Reverb Nation. um, And everyone, I don't know where these people came from, but they actually started to like it. And I was expecting them to go, this is rubbish, you know, stick to the day job. But people, and they kept asking for more. And I think between John and I, we've probably written over 150 songs. So I said to John, we'll give them more then. You know, if they want more, give them more. And, and that's what we ended up doing. And then we end up being blessed, you know, on interviews, talking to, to the likes of you and Reverend Michael. And it's, it's pretty awesome and pretty scary at the same time. <laughs>
0: so, so, John, I have a quick question for you, John. Did she get yeah. accepted to the band even before she played the music? <laughs>
4: <laughs> that, that's a leading question. I I, I leave that one hanging. Let's just let's just say I don't want to uh, let her ego get too big. Um, and and uh, but she doesn't have an ego at all. Um, no no I I I think it was a, it was an instant connection. And um, uh, it, 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 it like love the harbour, like other things, um, when you go on a path of something, you never know where it will lead. And uh, there was definitely an instant attraction and an instant uh, connection with Danny.
0: Right, right, okay. Let's um, let's play. What about me? How about that? Is that is that a good one to to play? Yeah. Okay, hold on.
3: He has an old.
0: That was "What about me?" Danielle Morgan and John Merrigan?" So tell us about the the history of that particular song.:
4: that song, uh, that song is is set in one of the final scenes of uh, the show, um, and it it comes at a time when the heroine finds out that her hero has, uh, has died, killed in action. Um, uh, uh, he, was, they were, he was a pilot and he, he was killed in action and the, the, the mention of, of this is to say all the wives and girlfriends and sons and daughters who were who lost when um, a man was killed in the war um, they were left behind and they had to find a way to move on with their lives and to, um, to find a way to continue living for those around them. They were left behind. So while everyone focuses on the grieving for the person that has uh, been killed, um, this song is about asking the question, what about me as of one of the people who was left behind? How am I going to cope? Um, and it's a very, again, a very poignant a uh, uh, moment um, in the show, and um, I think nearly always we see people crying in the audience at this stage. But it's it, it's a very moving moment, and then on top of that, there's some fantastic narration and images um, uh, 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 projected on a large screen uh, uh, on the show. So the whole thing combined with the actors on the stage, uh, you know, acting out um, uh, around this scene. Uh, it's a very, very powerful song. It's a very, it's a very, very powerful emotion. Um, the, the thing also to stress uh, that, um, is that the um, uh, these versions of these songs are the very simple versions, and I've, I've sent you only. Um, they're slightly unpolished, and I, I wanted to send you those because you can hear the lyrics much more clearly. But if you can visualise these songs played with a, a full orchestra. And that sound going round the theatre, um, uh, it, it's a very, very, very powerful uh, uh, scene uh, in the show. And uh, the message, as, as I said, is still relevant to anyone who's had a bereavement and um, asking the question, what about me? But there's also a strength in the lyrics and there's a, a a power in the lyrics that's saying look, the person will be able to cope and will be able to move on um, but they they just want everyone to understand that it's also to recognise their pain uh, and so on so that's, that's the background to the song um, but everyone will interpret it the way they want to um, and when we're playing live in the band in the full band where we have guitars and so on and that one really kicks up a gear with uh, with the drums and with uh, a big uh, guitar break and so on. So in both scenarios, in in the show and in live gigs, that's one of our favorite songs uh, to play. Wow! Yeah, oh, and and you know you- I, I
0: think I think that's one of the things I I always love about your music is that there's there's always a deep meaning. <laughs> behind each of the songs you know it's not just it's not just a song for a song it's it, there's a lot you more know,
1: to this, it he just reminded me to mention growth uh what he was saying right now at the end and it just reminded me of the video i saw you in the video of uh, grace of you and i love the scene at the end where you blow a kiss to yourself danielle the song it seems is about saying goodbye to a loved one it's also about moving on from the person you were with that person, possibly. Like
2: this is your relationship theme in your music. For me, um, if I can be really honest, um, when I write the song, you know, when I write the songs, most of the songs are written within about five minutes, um, uh-huh. and I can feel, I can feel a song, you know, like if you, you know, walk down an alley and, and your sixth sense says no, you mustn't look down here, or. You know, change lane quickly or something. I can feel when a song's going to come. And I could be in the middle of dinner or homework with the kids. And I'll say, I'll, I'll be back in a minute. And I'll go and, and I'll always be given a verse and a chorus and lyrics. And everything comes immediately. Um, and it is a gift. I don't know where it comes from. I'm not a technical writer. I'm not even a technical player. I, I can't even read music. So it, it's a gift. And then I come to John, and then John and I then put it all together. But the gubbings of a song that you hear is, is probably done all in all inside an hour, half an hour, an hour. And then we give it to the band, and then we polish it, and then obviously we'll get guitar parts, or we'll get um, orchestration, whatever you know the band feel, because it is very much a team. But... 99% of these songs are, are given to me as a gift, um, and they always have a deep message. And sometimes I don't even know what that message means until I read the <laughs> lyrics back. Um, it's it's a bit crazy, but it's also something that I'm not I'm not going to not not want to keep taking. If you get my drift.
0: Sure. Right. Sure. Absolutely.
1: Well, it seems like it's part of like an artist's soul because I've heard the same kind of impulse or instinct to do something right away from painters and from other artists, other kinds of artists. So you definitely have that artist's soul.
2: I think because I'm working with emotion, I'm not working technically. You know, if you said put me in a room, and give me two weeks in the studio, to come up with some songs, I'd panic. It's like putting me in exam conditions. But if you just let me breathe and let me absorb people in their stories, somehow those stories and their emotions reach me and somehow it's able to translate into 3 minutes, 28 seconds with the help of amazing musicians and John around me that puts it all together. Um, but, yeah, um, the lyrics and the message... Will only work for me on emotion because if I'm not able to reach the listener and the listener can't feel my emotion from the pit of my stomach, then there's no way are they gonna, you know, they're not, they're not gonna, they're not gonna tell their friends. They're just gonna go, oh, okay, that was a mediocre song. So if one person out of a hundred feels my emotion, then I'm, I'm, then I'm really cool with that
0: that makes sense absolutely absolutely and uh i know that i know that your your careers have have taken taken a good path we don't know we don't know where the path is going to lead right as you as you mentioned earlier in terms of the journey i i guess what what would you want listeners and others to know about your journey, tell us something that that we don't see. You know, tell us tell us something from behind the scenes, either either in your hearts or in your minds, something that you'd want us to know.
2: I think for me, we've, we've been like any musician or artist trying to find their way. I think people you know, watch a lot of reality TV shows or movies, and they're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can act or I can sing or I can perform. Um, and I did that technically the first time around. Um, and I got quite far, but it was a technical thing for me. When I discovered the emotion, um, it made me realise that it's a very, very long, hard, hard road... And and financially, it stretches you if you're doing it the right way. So for us, our path has been a long one. um, But what we've what we've found is that the more people we meet, when we engage with these people, and they don't talk to us about money or fame or success, they just want to know about John and I and our family and our Musical journey. That's when we know that we can make friendships with people, and by doing that, network honestly and truthfully, have built a stepping stone for us. And I get asked all the time, to say to "John, how do how do you build a social media presence? How do you record music? How do you write a song?" Um, and there's no Massive secret. It's just about being honest. It's about family values. It's about whatever religion you are, giving thanks to, to, to what God you recognise. And it's about being humble. And this is going back to you know the beginning of time. If you stick with those core values, whatever job you decide to do, you'll do well. But if you're looking for a quick fix and a quick let's get rich. It's not going to happen Um, and it's a hard road and I don't think people realise, I mean I don't think John and I have had a day off or a solid eight hours sleep in four years Um, and we are doing this morning, you know, morning, noon and night and nobody realises I don't think behind the scenes the work and the team of, of decent people around us to make all this come together. And I think that's probably the message. Don't be fooled by what you see on social media, because to get to that point is a lot of hard work.
3: Right. There's
1: no, Absolutely. That you guys do amazing work, hard work. And with that comes some special experiences too. I, I saw that you guys also recorded at Abbey studios where the iconic Beatles have recorded. How was that experience? I imagine there's a crazy energy there.
4: Uh, Absolutely, and and, uh, I was going to uh, express my sort of uh, hidden thing. Um, We do take ourselves and our work very seriously from the point of view of doing things the right way, but what we are blessed with is we are blessed with every now and again there is an experience that just blows us away, and we have enormous fun. Uh, We both come from a place where... We've both had careers, if you like, in a previous life. Uh, Danielle was very successful as a police officer. Uh, I ended up being a, a chief executive of a, of a business, and I had, at one stage, 5,000 people reporting to me. But wow. it, is, it, is a, it is a different path that we've chosen, and we're very lucky to be able to choose a path of our passion. And what I was going to say was, uh, when we hit these milestones, of which Abbey Road was one, it's enormous fun. Um, and uh, then, when so let me talk about the Abbey Road um, experience. Um, we um, we we were sitting around um, uh, Danny and I, and we were talking one day, and she needed some motivation. And then I said, "What would it take for you?" To, um, uh, to record some of your songs. And just to set the bar as high as she possibly could, she turned around to me and said, OK, I will record the music if you take me to Abbey Road. Um, so I smiled.
2: And I expected it to be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So I was like, that's cool.
4: He'll be off my back now. I can get on and do my day job, and he'll leave me alone. <laughs> so so a month later, we were sitting there having a glass of wine and I just said to, to Danny how do you feel about going to Abbey Road next month and uh, she she was absolutely dumbfounded and couldn't believe it um, and then when I told the band that we were going and um, they all signed up really quickly so we all flew into London and um, we did a recce beforehand and we went and, uh, uh, into the studio and we were very lucky to meet Uh, Giles Martin who was the son of George Martin who was the producer of the Beatles and uh, he, he took us around and gave us a personal tour and I think as you were saying the walls and the floor and the air is just full of creativity and history and culture and inspiration um, uh, all the words that you want to to say. When you cross the threshold of the door into Abbey Road Studios, it, 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 it just it it, it it moves you. There's no other way to express it. So um, we were there. Uh, we went in, and then when we came to time to our um, to do our work, um, again, not being expert or experienced in all of these things, uh, just a small slight story is I ended up parking the car in a side. Um, uh, just around the corner from Abbey Road, and I ended up getting a, a, quite a large parking fine. Um, and on the second day, when I came in, the guy said, "At the door, the security he said you do realise that when you're recording here, you can actually use the car park uh, because every time outside Abbey Road, when you go in, there's, there might be 50 or 100 people uh, crossing the famous uh, road crossing." Um, and you don't expect to be actually let into the car park at the front um, so the last thing I would say is that we went ahead and did our, our recording for um, the two days and I would say that experience was just amazing and it has opened so many doors and it and, and was us going on our way and we love that experience One day, uh, I hope uh, to be able to go back there
1: um, I can see why you love him, Daniel. I can see why yes. you love
2: him. I mean, that's for, me, for me, I think, and I don't know, I'll, I'll stand corrected, but I think, for me, I'm probably the first female in history that's walked through those doors, recorded with the songs that we've written, and walked out not being under a record label and owning our own masters. Um, if someone else has done that fantastic but for, for, for me to be able to go and do that as an unknown um, that's sort of John and I's legacy that we will leave to our grandchildren
1: that's amazing well that's an amazing
3: experience
1: I can't imagine being on the same floors because obviously that's going to carry an energy with I really believe in energy and that the Abbey Road is so iconic
0: yes it is Indeed. Indeed. And, and I think one of the things from, from day one when, when I started following their career um, is that they, they're very humble. You, you guys are very humble and um, you have a lot of faith and you don't let anything deter you from that. You know, you, you set your minds to do what you need to do. And uh, and you do it, you know, you you battle through whatever whatever challenges you have and you, you know, and you make it happen. And and throughout it all, you stay very humble and and also very in touch with the people, very in touch with with listeners and fans. Um, and I think that's important, too, because I know I know you're active on social media and and I know that that you're constantly responding, you know, um, you know, on social media when when listeners and and fans are, are reaching out, and, and I think that that also makes a difference because I think people feel more connected to you guys, and and I think that's you know that's important that's important because you know. We we give our time. Whether, if if you're a, a listener or a fan of of a singer or an actor, you know you you devote time of your life to follow and to support. You know, and it's like I very much appreciate you guys always making time to come on the show. You know, I've told people many times that time is a commodity that is our most valuable commodity because the time we give to others we will never get back so you have yeah. to use your time wisely and and invest your time you know in people that are worth investing in because again you will never ever get that time back so i think that for me that's always been a, a very strong takeaway that you know the the people that cross our paths sure, sure. in life some make an impression some don't you know some bring us joy by coming into our life some bring us joy by leaving our life right let's let's talk for real for a moment you know, <laughs> so, you know i i know for me i i'm at a point in my life where i can be selective and say yes there are certain people i definitely want to be a part of my life, you know, and and when I listen when I listen to your music, and I've gone back and and listened to some of the older songs you've done, and some of the newer ones, and when I listen to your music, I always feel a connection. I can always relate to it because it's coming from the heart. That's where your music comes from, and,
3: and that's why.
2: And um, when we started this journey, we had so many, um, you know, people in the industry saying, "You need to do this. You need to look like this. You need to say this. You need to do this." And you know what? John and I said, "You know, thanks for that, but we we want to do our own thing. It might be going against the grain. It might be upsetting people or the way things are meant to be done, but." For us, if we can raise our family, be together and, you know, be able to do our music um, honestly and truthfully with no agenda, then that's the route we're going to go. And it's taken a really long time to do that because we haven't gone the normal route of what you're supposed to do. And, you know, what John and I... Discussed many times Is that no matter how big An award You get or how big a record Label you're with or How big the front cover a magazine Or how big your bank balance If you don't invest We never call fans The people that support us fans because They're supporters, they're friends And if we Don't invest in them Why should they invest in us Right. Um, that will be spending their hard-earned cash and their wage check to buy, you know, a song of ours or um, the merchandise or a ticket to a concert. They're the ones that, that may be traveling. We had some people travel four or five hours to see us for 20 minutes once, you know? Wow. Um, so if we can't message these people back and, you know, send them a Christmas card, then why, why on earth would they invest in us? Um, so so we, we, no, look, we can't, we don't respond to everybody within five minutes because we used to be able to, but luckily we're now obviously we've got quite a few followers, but we will get back to as many people as we can. We do as much charity work as we can. Um, we invest in as many people as we can. Um, and that we've we've learned that those supporters they, they grow with us. Um, and you know, if we don't invest in them, then there's no way they would they be bothered to invest in us.
0: Right, that's an excellent, excellent point, and so true. It is so true.
2: You we know, are in, in big hotels and all this stuff, but people want to see a real selfie with your family. Like when you showed, shared that video the other day of you and your daughter. That really, that really warmed me because it was real, it was genuine. It was fun. Um, and that's what people want. They want real. They want family snaps. They want to see you doing normal stuff. Um, right. And when you shared that video, it was very cool. I must say that. It was very, and you, you two can, can be on the album anytime. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank
1: you, much. So you know, my, do you guys my
0: aunt. My my aunt sent me a sent me a message. One of my aunts sent me a message on Facebook and said, "Stick to your day job." <laughs> <laughs> do you no.
1: Guys come over States at
2: all? Do you guys come over outside of the pond? We do, we do, but we, because the, the recent addition to our family is is only coming up for two, um, we've we've been a tad delayed. Um, so we do, um, and we a trip is way overdue, um, and that really has been on the on our list to do for the last 18 months. Um, so we're sort of now really planning next year um, to get over. We should have been over by now, but um, but the two-year-old on an eight-hour flight um, is uh, is a tad stressful at the moment. <laughs>
4: Yes, the, the, it is. The, the other thing that I would say is that, uh, and it comes back to the fans. We've, we've been really um, so thankful for so many people in America who uh, who've been following the music, who are supportive, and who, who want to hear more. And we do want to we do want to go across and we don't know many people in the industry over there so uh, if anyone is listening or if anyone wants to reach out to us please we'd we'd love to have discussions because we can't just you know fly in a plane and and land there and hope for the best we really do need to make contact with people who who like our music and who can work with it to work with us to to bring uh, either love in the harbour or uh, our gigs our music uh, to a wider audience on the ground this is what we want if there's one thing that uh, we enjoy so much um, it, is, it is performing um, and uh, for, for those who are listening or those who, who, who know uh, Danielle at the front of the stage um, singing is, is something else and I have the best view in the house because I'm the drummer at the back and I see everything and um, I can see the audience reacting and I can see everything. So we have so much fun when we're playing and uh, we do, a, we do a, a really great show. And I know the guys in the band um, are really keen to come with us uh, to America as well. So we're, we're very open and um, we're, we're working hard to make it happen ourselves. But uh, if there are people out there who want to connect with us, we'd, be, we'd really look forward to hearing from you.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. And also, I want to put out the, uh, the website, www.daniellemorganmusic.com. Again, that's www.daniellemorganmusic.com. And through their website, you can also connect with them on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and really, really connect and, um, and follow their music. I can't wait for you guys to come over to the U S but I'm also overdue for a trip back to the UK. I really, really love the UK and I know that, uh, I'm overdue for a trip back over there. So. Um,
4: and made, we made a um, promise to you, Reverend Michael, when you come over, um, we'll, we'll take you to, to, to Abbey Road. Um, and, um, that's a, that's a, a promise we will keep. Um, so uh, we're looking forward if if, uh, if you come over here to see to see you and um, you know you've been so supportive of us and you uh, got us really quickly and uh, it's not just uh, um, uh, through the interviews and everything else we we, we feel your your support. Uh, I remember when my brother was unwell and you led some prayers for him. And, and other things like this, and you sent us um, a, a small gift from your police days and so on and so forth. So there's a very strong connection with us, and um, we, we we have to make it either that we see you first or you see us first, uh, whichever happens, and I hope that's very soon.
0: Yes, thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's see. I think... Um, which song should we close out on? I know Vanessa was kind of uh, particular to "No Trace of You." I did
4: um, like that song. It's a jam. Well, I like it. Vanessa, you're, 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 uh, what, what are the ones that you got there in front of you, uh, Reverend Michael? What, what are the options?
0: I have "On the Path," which is another one of my favorites. I know that that has some sentimental meaning for you, John. Uh, "No Trace yes. of You." Um, Dogfight scene, Grace, yeah. I'm in love with you, Heartbreaker, um, and Love in the Harbor, Love Me, Hold Me. Well, um,
3: do, do you have Shy?
0: I do have Shy, yes. That's another one of my <laughs> favorites. Vanessa
2: have Shy?
0: All right. Let's, let's go with Shy. <laughs>
2: has, has Vanessa heard Shy?
0: I don't no, think no. so. I want to hear it. So, yeah, let's put that on.
1: All right. We'll put that on. Okay. This one's
0: for Vanessa.
1: I'm excited. Thank you, guys.
0: All right, another great, another great one. Vanessa, what did you think about that one?
1: I like that one too. Not complaining. <laughs> Not complain. I love music, so it's just you know I don't play an instrument or anything like that, but I can really appreciate music. And you guys really put out great work.
4: Thank, you. thank
2: you, Vanessa.
1: You're welcome. Yes. It, was, it was great talking to you guys.
4: And you thank
0: you very much, yeah, John and Danielle, thank you so much for spending some time with us this friday uh i I hope we didn't um interrupt too much of uh of your home life um but but I really appreciate you guys taking the time to uh to you know to come on the show and and to kind of have a good time with us as we listen to the music. You know, as we were listening to this last one, I could picture you guys sneaking in a couple of kisses. Did that happen? <laughs> I'm just curious.
2: I'm
4: just
0: curious.
2: It's
3: time to would be no
0: comment.
3: You know, we're
2: we we, we are so blessed um, to talk to you guys. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you to your listeners for following us and streaming the music. Um, and any time you want us to come on, anytime you want us to come over and do a gig, you know, just just get in touch. Um, and we'd we'd love to do it. We'd be humbled to do it. So all we can say is thank you and thanks for this friendship. We really, really appreciate it.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys. I love you guys, and and we'll be talking soon. Either I'm going to get to the UK or you're coming to the US, but we are gonna we are gonna sure. meet up at some point.
2: Thanks, Vanessa, and lots of love to you guys and family and um, your listeners. Um, enjoy Thanksgiving, and God bless, and ho- hopefully we'll catch up real soon.
0: Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you,
1: guys.
0: Take care. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks. You too. All right, so there you have it, John Merrigan and Danielle Morgan. Um, if you, if you, uh, haven't had an opportunity, go to the website at www.daniellemorganmusic.com. Connect with them on social media, uh, social media, um, that sounded real New York, social media, um, definitely connect with them, uh, on Twitter. Also real Danny Morgan and fat Dan music. And, uh, and you can also connect with them on Instagram um, I, I love their music. I, I, you know, like you, Vanessa. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not a musician, although sometimes I may think I am. Um, I've never played a musical instrument, um, but
1: I, can, I love I singing. Can find the tower or the car. That's where I'm. Yes. At. That's where I. That's yes. Where I keep it. So Absolutely. A party of one.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. But, no, and the
1: music, music is great. It has, and the yeah. messages, you know. Are. We need more music with message, and I think yes. they provide that.
0: I agree. Yeah. I agree. And and um, and and there's so so many others, uh, so many other of their songs that you haven't had an opportunity to hear yet. Um, mm-hmm. But really, their their message, I I I love their message. I really do. And you know, you know we
1: didn't we didn't touch on this, but so, you know, another message is you know basically going after your dreams. I mean, these are not Two eighteen-year-olds. These are people with a family to feed. Yes, and had careers that had a stable paycheck, and they decided to go for it and do something that makes them happy. Which I think a lot yes. of us are scared to do. Yes. Yes. So I think another message. There's, I mean, there's so many hours that we could fill up talking to them because there's uh, so much experience there, and not to yes. mention that great the relationship they have between each other. Because I know from experience, you know, living and being having a family and being twenty four seven with the partner, it didn't work out for me. But God bless them, right. it worked out for them.
0: <laughs> right, right. So
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. it doesn't work for well, everybody then- or, or or maybe at the time it doesn't work, you know, but but you know, I agree, you know, they they're they're doing an amazing balancing act, if you will, because uh, you know, they're they're managing their business they're managing their home and you know and they also are managing their ongoing relationship and you know all those things can be can be difficult so so it's mm-hmm. really key and 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 I agree that you know great role models i think if for those who are thinking about you know going off on a venture entrepreneur. Uh, entrepreneurial adventure or, you know, time to make that change, time to turn the page, yeah. um, you know, they, they can look yeah. at John Merrigan and Danielle Morgan. and Yeah, and like look you said,
1: at, time is at, our most prized commodity, and there's not a whole lot of time to go around. And so if you want to make a change and you want to live that happy life, you know, sometimes it takes uh, making hard decisions, and they they obviously did that, so... Yeah. I agree with you.
0: Yeah. And and sometimes you have to take a step back to go forward. You know, that, right. that's another thing that, you know, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that uh, that you're not successful. It just means that the path you need to take is another path. And sometimes you just need right. to to switch gears. But, you know, I I salute anyone who who has that drive and that initiative to say, you know what, I'm going to go out, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to be successful, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's, that's, that's the key. That's, that's what we need to to drive us. You know, I I just had that discussion uh, last week with my dear friend and colleague, uh, Nina Schifrin, who I mentioned earlier uh, at the beginning of the show. You know, she she's venturing out and and, you know, really taking a step forward with faith and, you know, and and my hats off to her and and to others as well who who are not going to be distracted, you know, who are who are just going to go forward and say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to go ahead and do it. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, that's that's what it's about like like you Vanessa coming back, you know, coming back into into the the mainstream if you will from, you know, you you had left the media industry for a number of years to focus on on raising your kids. And and that's wonderful. And and you know, that is precious time that you can cherish. The time that you that you spent, you know, at home And, you know, some people have never had that opportunity, but that's that's precious. And, you know, now returning into the mainstream and going back into media, I know that there's going to be great things for you as well, you know.
3: But again, you can look.
0: Yeah. But you can look back on that time.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. appreciate the time that I'm able to spend with my kids because not everybody has that. That option, you know, a lot of people have to work, and I get that, but it is scary also to take that step, uh, and to make that choice. But I mean, in my eyes, what's even scarier is if you have the choice and you don't make the choice that's going to make that's you right. happy, you're gonna 30 years back, or 20 or 10, whatever, and you're going to regret, you know, man, I should have done this, but because of fear or self doubt, or whatever it is, um, that each person has their issues, you know, whatever it is. There's no grin at the end, and there's no going back. There's no do-over for that
0: once we're that's at right. the end. So
1: that's scarier to me. So I think that's the yeah. push that sometimes people need to yeah, forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, I um I like speaking with older people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'll travel, and uh, my wife will always make a joke about it, but she'll say wherever there's a senior citizen, like, I'll be there talking to them. Because you know what? I, they have so much experience and education right. about life that they can impart that it always that, fascinates me.
1: Yeah, that reminds me of a saying in Spanish. I don't know if you've ever heard it. El diablo sabe más por viejo que por diablo. O sea, the devil knows more because he's old not because he's the devil and Ah. it's but it's true
0: it's true i think i had never heard that by the way
1: (laughs) yeah it's a spanish saying and it's and it's true because you know i've always had that same fascination with older people and i always thought it was because i didn't have grandparents really that i had a relationship with because they all passed away before i was you know, older, so I don't really have many memories with grandparents. But so I was always fascinated with people who are older who can tell me, you know, like what are your secrets to either a relationship or to be happy or, or whatever knowledge it is that they can impart. Right. It's something. It's a. It's a gift.
0: Yes. Yes. And you know, recently I've had several funerals that I've officiated at, and the people had been married. You know, one of the person, one of the people had passed away and they had been married, you know, 60 plus years. Like that person who's been married for 60 plus years, they should have a talk show. Okay. They're the ones (laughs) that should be giving out relationship advice. Particularly you know,
1: the ones who have been married a long time and actually still like each other,
0: because I've yes. seen
1: marriages that have lasted a very long time, you know, 30, 40 years, but they can't stand each other, and they don't want to be around each other, and for whatever reason, they stayed married. That I don't understand, personally, but right. I have seen marriages that have lasted a long time, and they're still, you can see in their eyes, there's still affection, they're still warmth toward each other. That's something that's admirable, That something I yes. would like for me. I would like to know the secret to that as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, yeah. my wife and I uh last month, October 4th, we celebrated 21 years of marriage. And oh, um Thank you. Thank you. Gone. And uh you know, I I attribute that to a lot of compromise and communication mm-hmm. and a lot of laughter. That we were just that's laughing a together. Up last night about something and i said you know it's i was thinking about it and it's like you know what that's if you if you can't have a sense of humor in a relationship your relationship yeah. is doomed and you because you have to yeah yeah and you, you have to be able her. yeah and you have to be able to laugh at yourself as well as laugh at the other person <laughs> yeah.
1: i agree and your, yeah, definitely appreciation too. I can always tell when you really speak of your wife how much you appreciate her and love having her in your life, which is very important as well. That the other person feel appreciated.
0: Yeah. Also. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I yeah. think you know, all too often people people uh, may take each other for granted, you know, and and mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes that that happens, unfortunately, you know, and sometimes it can be, it can be resolved and, and, uh, salvaged is the word I was looking for. Uh, and sometimes Mm -hmm. it can't, you know, but, um, it's, it's about learning. It's about learning the lesson, quite frankly, you know, and, uh, and, and my, my challenge to everybody, to listeners and and to everyone is how can you impact someone's life today? Whether it's one person, whether it's five people, 10 people, what can you do to impact a life? You know, it might be, you know, when you walk into, to that coffee shop, just by addressing the person behind the counter by their first name, you know, mm-hmm. if they don't have a name tag and you don't know their first name, you know what I do? I say, excuse me, what's your name? Exactly. That's it. That's it. Yep. And every time I see them, I will try my best to address them by their name. And sometimes yep. I'll forget so and I'll say, I'm sorry, tell me your name again, please. You know.
1: I, I always um, go in with, I'm with faces, but names I'm not so good at. So please don't get offended.
0: Right. 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 Uh Right. And and, and how many times have I walked into a place and I don't remember the person's name. And not only do they remember their name, they they remember how I like my coffee. (laughs) Now,
1: that's impressive. I have a a guy like that at Smoothie King, Eric, and he's amazing. And, of course, I know his name now because I've seen him so many times. And he knows exactly what I want to order when I come in the door. He knows my name. He knows my order. And so guess what? I keep coming back because I like that kind of attention. service. And we're in South Florida. And you know how hard that is to find down here. Oh, yeah. Other parts of the world, they're much better at that. But down here, it's uh, slim pickings when it comes to good service. So when you find it, you have to really appreciate it and treasure it and keep coming back.
0: That's right. So this this has been a great show. Um, I do, uh, for our next show, I do want to talk about... Uh, there was an article in Variety magazine that was done by uh by my friend Diana Falzone who is uh, a media professional, um, former Fox News correspondent and uh I, I know she writes for Variety, a bunch of other media outlets. Uh and it has to do with, you know, kind of like uh the next step now after kind of after the Me Too movement is trying to pressure um Put pressure on media outlets like Fox News uh, to uh, release release all these past uh, reporters from their non-disclosure agreements, so that they can talk about the harassment that they faced when they worked there. So, um, if you haven't had a, an opportunity to to read the article by Diana Falzone. It's in Variety magazine. I'm sure you can Google it. Uh, and it has to do okay. with pressuring the, the networks to release the reporters from their non-disclosure agreements uh, so that they can really talk about what, what happened, uh, you know, during the sexual harassment. Um, so that, that's something.
1: That I believe I did read the article. I remember thinking, I didn't realize that those uh, non-disclosure agreements, you know, they were valid, even past employment. I didn't realize that that was a thing. I thought once you're out, then you're free to do what you want. I didn't realize it was a thing. Oh, no. It, yeah, it makes it even easier for sexual abuse to keep going on in the workplace.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's
1: yeah. that, that's an interesting topic.
0: Yeah. And most and, uh, some employers have have um you know new employees sign confidentiality agreements that clearly state that the confidentiality confidentiality agreement continues after employment is terminated so you know it's it's that fine print and you know if uh if you've been looking for work and and you got a job offer on the table um I don't know that you're going to worry about signing a confidentiality agreement at that time. When you're when you're looking for a job and you're being offered a job, you you probably say, "Well, you know what? I'll sign the agreement. I'll sign whatever paper you need me to sign. Just get me a paycheck." You know. So uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of these networks took advantage of that, and uh, and now it's time to stop. So I, I applaud. Diana Falzone, I've I've uh, communicated with her back and forth about it. Uh, I think it's a it's a great article, so I, I encourage everyone to uh, to definitely take a look at it. Um, so that's it. That's going to be a wrap on the show. Um, I want to mention if you if you have uh, if you want to listen to a previous show, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon Show, and you can listen to previous shows. As well as today's show, if you tuned in late, um, you can always come back and, and listen to the show from the beginning. Another shout out to uh, to Danielle and John over in the UK. Thank you so much uh, for coming on. Uh, they're really great friends, and, uh, and I always wish them the best. Um, so thank you, Vanessa. It's thank been you, wonderful. Michael. All right, and have a great weekend.
1: You too. Thank you.
0: All right. All right. Talk to you soon.
1: Will do. Bye-bye.